0: You're listening to the Take Your Shop podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers looking to grow and scale their business. I'm your host, Hallie Heather, and my goal is for you to walk away feeling empowered and inspired as you continue to build a business that you're passionate about and that serves both you and your clients well. So whether you're operating as a side hustle or you're looking for tips and tricks on how to improve and scale your business, you, my friend, are in the right place. You don't have to figure it all out on your own and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. You guys, today we are going to be talking about building systems and creating boundaries within your business. And today we've got an amazing guest. Her name is Kiana Anderson. And Kiana has built a successful wedding photography business and team. And she's also maintained a really good balance between family and business. And Kiana, we're just really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Totally my pleasure.
0: Oh, We're so excited. So to start, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, your business, and kind of things you're most passionate about?
1: Yeah, I have a very busy life in this current season. I am married for almost eight years, which is wild. We have three kids, a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. We are also completely renovating a house. And then I also run a photography team of associate photographers. We have six photographers on our team in two different states. And I also do business coaching for other photographers. So it is wild, but it's so rich and full of life. And it's been, yeah, just a really sweet season. So I'm excited to be here.
0: I love that. And I've always wondered just like, how do you do this? Like how do you do all these things? Cuz I feel like I've been watching you for so many years now growing your business. You guys, for those of you don't know, me and Kiana are both based in the Twin Cities, so we're both local to each other too and have just a lot of mutual connections. And Kiana, I just I look at you and Grant the business you've built, the family you're raising, and I'm just amazed at seriously, how you do it all? So I'm really curious, like what does a typical week look like for you in balancing all of this?
1: Yes, my personality needs to be like pretty split up. So I spend a day if I'm like working, I'm like working that day. If I have a day home with my kids, I am not checking anything. I'm literally all in with my kids. So I've found a really good routine of I have days with both, and I have days that we're like working on a project and I'm like send the kids away. I'm just being full on this project. Our typical work week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, our kids are at home with us. Tuesdays and Thursdays they are. Not at home, so those are my big work days, and then weekends are hit or miss whether I'm photographing a wedding or whatever. Sundays we're always at church together and try to just rest and hang out so it's honestly a lot of like back and forth but we always regroup in the evenings and spend our evenings together and super prioritize time time is like my biggest currency I always think and talk about, and want to just be intentional with how we live and spend our days together. so
0: I love that so much and how did you get into the rhythm of that? Like, how did you guys define that well? And also, I'm curious, does Grant work from home or does he also work full time with you?
1: Grant, at the beginning of my career as a photographer, was doing video like you guys. He was doing video at the beginning. And actually, at the very beginning, he was just photographing on Ace with me as my second shooter. Then he became a videographer. We were serving couples together. At that time, he was working full time as a worship pastor. And he would just like do the weekend gig with me. And it was super fun because we were like totally that annoying couple that loves to spend every waking moment together and we could never get sick of each other. And so we would do it all together. And then he basically got to the point where he's like, Hey, I'm like losing a bit of my passion for this. I'm going to scale back. And eventually he's not really involved with my business as much at all anymore. And now he does word working part time. It's a whole thing. He's a mystery, but... To answer your question, he works part-time and I technically only work part-time hours running my business.
0: That's amazing. That is so cool. That is the dream. And how old are you guys? Because you guys are doing this at such a young age. <laughs>
1: <See>. <laughs> I am 27. He's 30.
0: Wow. What accomplishment to both be working full-time to be present with your three beautiful kids and do what you love.
1: <laughs> it is, is really fun. I will say, I think it's one of those things that it works really great for us. And hopefully it goes without saying that not everybody's cut out to be home all the time. And Grant would even say this, sometimes I think he wishes he worked more hours somewhere because he's like losing his mind with our kids or, you know, just the typical, it's not all roses. And for me, I really struggle. I'm a person that I equally have the desire to like be home with kids and the stay at home mom life in a lot of ways. I'm like, I just want to be like around and not miss anything. But then I also have this really innate desire to like be an entrepreneur and pursue these business passions and things. So I really struggle. So this has been like a dream come true for me. Our schedule is right now for me to get to do both and just do them well and feel like I'm present in both of those areas.
0: I think it's so cool how you have just built a business that really serves both your lifestyle and your clients really well. And to be able to run a business that doesn't suck up every single moment of your time and to be able to break it out and have balance is just a really cool thing. And I think that in our industry, we find people who kind of have the opposite where they're working all the time. Their 9 to 5 turns into a twenty four seven because it's so easy to let your photography business kind of consume all your time. And so... I would love to talk through what advice or boundaries would you say would be helpful for someone to put in place as they're growing their business to help avoid burnout and help uh, build more sustainability?
1: Yeah, I have lots of advice. <laughs> a lot of them are really actually quite simple. And I think that's why people think or end up in burnout, because all these like really simple choices feel like, oh, I'm above that. Like that doesn't make that much of a difference. For example, having a area that you specifically work from, whether it be literally a corner of your bedroom that's like your desk or another room of your house, or I always sit at the kitchen table at this time to sit down and work. A lot of people are like, I live in a studio apartment, or I don't have a big enough house for that. That's fine, but you can create some sort of routine out of going into the office. It is unbelievable what that does for your mindset, especially when you are not in the office. So for example, I have very strict boundaries. I stopped working on a laptop. I have everything on my desktop computer. So if I ever want to go on a coffee work date, it's actually like quite annoying for me because I don't have things on a laptop. And I did that because I wanted to allow myself the headspace and the confidence to say, I'll handle that when I'm in the office or I don't need to on a Saturday morning be like available for a phone call if I don't want to be if I want to go cheer my friend on at a marathon or something I have the total freedom to say I'll respond to that email on Monday or whatever so just creating like a physical space is really great because it actually creates a mental space for you as well in your mind and then trying to have some sort of work hours are also crucial obviously there's times that we break that but that's I think the reason why people don't create them is because they're like, it's like busy season. That's unrealistic. Like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yes, there are exceptions, but you have to have a rule so that you can have an exception first, you know, saying like, I want to be in the office by 9am, get your butt up out of bed, get changed, take the shower, be in the office by 9am. If you need to schedule a call with somebody at nine, just so that you're being accountable to be in the office, start your day then so that then you can be done by five o'clock or whatever you want your time frame to be. And then just actually honor that. I think when we have the opportunity and freedom to like work for ourselves, we're like, say yes to anything during the day, your mom needs something and you're like, sure, I can go pick that up, whatever. Instead of being like, you know what, I need to be in the office until five and then I'll go and do that or whatever. And again, you can make an exception for that. But like, if you don't respect your schedule, no one else is going to respect your schedule. And the same is true for booking out your calendar. I think Again, this is very personal to like how much is quote too much to be on your calendar. But looking ahead, you have to start blocking off. If you want time off, no one else is going to give you time off. (laughs) You have to block and plan for it. Think about when you open up your books for the next year or two years out. You get to choose ahead of time. Okay, I would really like this time to be off. I really want my birthday to be off. I really want to go to this holiday with our family that we have a tradition of. And just respect it and choose it. And if you get an inquiry for that date and you decide to pass for it, there is so much freedom in being able to say, you know what, I'm not available for that weekend. And then knowing like you're going into this weekend of whether you have something planned or not, it's rest and it's meaningful for you. So that's just some of the really quick practical things. I also think in the Midwest with just how seasonal our work is, people only think about planning for wedding schedules and they don't think so much about like, portraits so we get to the fall and this hat is literal clockwork with my friends in the photography industry it makes me almost laugh at this point because people are like oh i don't have like too many weddings in the fall it should be great and then they like literally just never say no to a single portrait session and the fall is like insane and they open up like four mini date sessions in two weeks and i'm like holy moly give yourself a break and I'm not saying that's wrong of them, but then they'll turn around and be like, I'm so toast. I don't even know the name of my spouse anymore. I'm so done. So just think about how you can respect your schedule. And maybe that looks like saying, I only take portraits on Thursday nights or Tuesdays and Thursdays are my portrait session nights. And the other days I don't. So I can expect that, hey, if my friend wants to get together, I can plan a dinner with them on Wednesday night because I don't take photos on those nights. And then also like phone boundaries and stuff when you're working. But those are my big ones, I would say.
0: Man, you just slip in the phone one, but I feel like that's got to be a huge <laughs> one for so many people. I find that it's really easy to get stuck into social media, and uh, that totally. one is a huge thing. Let's yes. touch on that a little bit. Do you okay. have any tips for that?
1: Yeah, it's funny because just the other day I was doing a gallery thing in Lightroom, and I like clicked import, and they were like just like loading and like creating the smart previews, and I literally just instinctually grabbed for my phone to scroll while I was like waiting for these to import, and of course I got scrolliosis and I'm just you know sitting there chilling. And basically, it's like 20 minutes later, past the time that these are all done creating smart previews. And I'm sitting here like, I just wasted 20 minutes of my freaking so precious work time. And I was honestly mad at myself. But also, I'm like, this used to happen way more than it did. And I am not perfect at this, like at all. I have to like really keep reassessing. One thing I care a lot about in my life in general is just like letting my life reflect the values that I say that I do. And so I try really hard with phone boundaries outside of my work hours as well. So even just like noting my screen times is like a huge thing for me. But a, a big, big, big thing that changed the game for me is trying to batch content create for social media outside of the app as much as I can. So I'm gonna write captions. I'm gonna write them in like my spreadsheets instead of going into the reel that I have drafted because as soon as I freaking open the app, gone for twenty minutes. So I'm trying to like do things like that. Also I try to do not disturb my phone while I'm working. I actually have set times throughout the day that I'm like allowed to scroll while I'm like waiting for my lunch to be ready or whatever. I'll just sit and scroll then or and then I can enjoy, get my fill and then we can move on. And I don't need to know what somebody's doing in the next hour. It doesn't matter. Batching some of it, I would say, was the biggest game changer for me, though, like throughout the workday.
0: That's really crucial. And do you have specific apps you use to batch the content? Do you create it on there and then create it on the app and then write the captions separately? Or are you also creating it separately?
1: So I use a spreadsheet. I'm kind of old school. I use like a Google spreadsheet. And I have used different apps before and not loved any of them for the combination of Reels and Carousel because I do a lot of both. I usually do my Reels in app and then I just download them. But my spreadsheet has what kind of post is it going to be? What's my hook going to be? What's my caption? What are my hashtags? What's my call to action? Whatever. So that's all on there. So I just write out every piece of content I would need. And then I have a folder on my phone that has all my videos that I would be using. And then I'll use Canva or Illustrator if I'm ever doing something with text. Um, So I just like, I'm trying to do so much of it out of app. Do you use an app?
0: Yeah. So sometimes I use the planner app just to like have okay. it look... I think it's called planner or preview. I use planner. the preview app to like oh, okay. lay it out. I use that just to make sure it looks good with the grid. But Not otherwise, sure. I'm kind of like you. I'm, it's like hard to find a good system. And There's no it's, all
1: in one. I think the apps can't keep up with all the Instagram updates is my opinion.
0: Yeah. And I think Instagram should honestly just make their Instagram planning apps because... It just seems like they tend to favor when you make it in the app because they want you to get sucked into scrolling. I just think it's hard because you want to obviously have it reach people. So if you're creating in the app and that's the best way to do it, it's easy to do that. But I also found that it's hard to trust that if you create in the app, but want to post it later, that it's actually going to post because they have this post later thing. But it always like messes up the audio or something. So yeah, gets
1: deleted if you get signed out.
0: Yep. Yep. If you sign out, it's deleted. So I still think that there's a lot of bugs within the app. And one day there will maybe be a good solution. But at this time, 2023, there is still a not. So yeah, totally. Okay. So this has been so great. I've loved hearing a little bit more about like how you've been productive and set boundaries. And I'd love to transition a little bit more into setting up sustainable systems in your business. Kiana, would you mind speaking to a little bit of like what has that looked like as you've built your business in terms of building systems?
1: Yeah. So at the beginning of my business, I was reinventing the wheel with everything that I did for every client. I feel like I was writing a new email for every single one of my clients. I was redoing every phone call. It was very time consuming because I had absolutely no assistance and I was trying to make sure people were served well, but I like had no way of really even tracking that. I started paying attention to the things that I was doing on repeat for every client. For example, emails, creating email templates was like absolutely massive. And I am a really big believer in email templates because I think they can get a bad rep because of the fact that they feel very, what is the word? I want to say corporate, but sterile and not fun and whatever. But if you can create good templates out of just like how you talk and how your business and your brand works, and then provide a lot of opportunities for you to like interject actual personal moments that is specific to that client, then it can feel very personal. I've never had to be like, Oh, this feels weird or whatever. Like people rave about how personal I am and literally almost all my communication is templated. Uh, so that is one way I started doing email templates. And then I even realized, okay, so... In order to prepare for a wedding day, we have to do all these things throughout the planning process. Like we need to create a timeline together. And I used to do these like big timeline meetings. And I realized at the timeline meeting, I was basically asking all the same questions. And they weren't super necessary to like take a whole other day and spend all this time trying to find a time to meet and whatever. So then I created something called like an initial timeline questionnaire. And so now I send that. And we still use the exact same one that I used then, um, whatever, eight years ago. And So then I started doing that. I created this questionnaire. Now, as soon as I get that questionnaire back from the client, I have all the information I need to create a custom timeline. I used to like email all of these questionnaires through email. But since then, I have increased my professionalism and joined HoneyBook. (laughs) That was a long time ago that I did that. But now I send them all through HoneyBook, which is just my client management software if you're not familiar with HoneyBook yeah things like questionnaires and templates for emails and every single email that sends a questionnaire it is all pre-written and just drop down menu select i can do it so fast i also send questionnaires before wedding day we call them the final questionnaire and that has just like tons of information that we need from them basically to just make sure wedding day runs well so basically just some of those things where I was assessing what was sucking on my time and what things were being repeated for every client. And then I created something that we could just click send to replace my time essentially. So those are systematic client facing things. On the back end, I have from the beginning organized my calendar through Trello. If you've never heard of Trello, it's similar to Asana or ClickUp. And I still do this day use that. And it's basically my version of a calendar. But within it, I color code everything. And now all my team has different color coded things. And I can put all the information. And there's literally like check boxes for which part of the process we're on. So anyone on my team can go on there and just like, figure out where we are, and move the client to the next thing that they need. So yeah, all of these systems have really done really well for me because it's taking me out of the equation of having to do every single small task, which has made the transition to growing my team really easy. So then for all of the handling client styles and the editing and all that jazz, I realized quickly that when you have a large volume of clients, it's super easy to not keep track of everything. For example, when you're handling someone's wedding photos and they're on cards, and you're like, oh, I just have this like massive pile of like unnamed cards on my desk, which happens to every photographer at the beginning of their career. <laughs> you're like, how did I get to this point? And how do I like make sure to like super protect these babies that are like very important? That was when I was like, okay, red flag, I need to like create some good systems. So I would like mark out in Trello like exactly what happens. And now it's like the back of my hand, so I don't have to look at my Trello board to know what's next for these cards. But I basically created a routine of what happens, like right after the wedding, what happens? Where do they get downloaded? What's my backup system? I put them on these two hard drives and then they go here and then the card sits in this box for how long and I get a label on it or whatever. So all these things are just like repeatable for every single client. And I'm not guessing what is going to happen next. I know what's happening next. And then same goes with like my post processing. I don't actually communicate to my clients how quickly they get. Actually, that's not totally true. They know that they get preview images, but I don't I read that big and on purpose. And then my first work day, my first day back in the office after, after a wedding day, I basically call the whole wedding that morning. And then I was like, previews. I edit the previews. And then that whole gallery gets sent to my editor. So it's the same every single time. There's no... We almost never falter from it. And I think that has created a bit of the sustainability for me because I can predict in three months when I have a wedding on the calendar on this random weekend, I know exactly what Monday looks like for me that weekend.
0: That's super nice. I'm sure that's really helpful for you as you're planning out your weeks sure. and in advance. That's... Super helpful. I think that's awesome. So thanks for sharing a little bit about your process and how you have put these systems in place. As you reflected on these systems, how would you say it set you up for success in terms of outsourcing and growing a team?
1: Yeah, I think anytime you master a part of the process that takes you out of it at all, it feels kind of life-giving because you're like... Most of us are at that point working from a place of I am kind of longing for a little bit of my life back. Okay, now I'm going to start using email templates and you're like, wow, I didn't just spend two hours drafting a brand new email that I could have just copied and pasted from another thing. And that's the same feeling you get when you start to outsource and have another human help you with that. Human or AI, I suppose that's the new thing. But I am so grateful for kind of the journey that I have been on over the course of my whole business to systemize because it's made the transition so much easier for me. I didn't have to create something new that I was not familiar with, that then I'm like trusting someone else to go through a process that I don't actually approve of, if that makes sense. Last year, I took a maternity leave, for example. That was the first time I've ever had a full on maternity leave. And I had to Loom video all of my processes. My VA had already been working with me for years. And I basically just recorded myself doing everything just in case she has a question about one of my processes, then she could address that without coming to me first. And I was like, honestly, a little bit amazed at how many like things we do. in <laughs> I was like, there's so many things I do. And I was just glad for the sense we already had a place to, I didn't have to start from ground zero.
0: Wow, I think that's so awesome that you were able to go away for three months and actually take a full maternity leave. Like, what an accomplishment, especially as a business owner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is huge. In the process of preparing for a maternity leave, what were some things that you did? And how did you like fully learn how to trust these people? Like, how do you let go of those things? Because I think a lot of times when you're running a business and it's kind of your baby, it can be really hard to trust people, whether that's with editing or things like email communication. And how do you? Get yourself to let go of those things.
1: Yeah, I think even back to the beginning of outsourcing, I really had to come to peace with the fact that I'm like not the only one that can do everything. (laughs) And while that sounds obvious, that's basically what every single person that I talk to who owns a business is like, well, they could never do it as good as me. That's really what we're all thinking at the heart of it. And if they're not thinking that, then they're like worried that clients aren't going to think that it's up to par with them doing the work. And honestly, I had a lot of experience before my maternity leave actually happened with all the people that were working for me. So I had already built up to the point of being able to trust. But I basically assessed in that time, what are the parts of this whole workflow essentially that I currently do? And what are the pieces that I do and nobody else touches right now? And I hired people to just replace them essentially. But I was actually lucky enough to hire within my own team. So one of my associate photographers took on a role that we called the post-processing manager. And she still does that work for me sometimes. But she basically was handling the images, culling, previews, whatever. And I trained her. She came and was a part of things with me before I left for my return to leave. So it wasn't like I was like, okay, this is going to be your job. And see ya, have fun, you know. (laughs) And there was pieces of that that I still held on to pretty tightly. For example she did that work for the post-passing work for me but she worked from my house and granted she's become one of my dear friends now because we've worked together for so long but she edited the previews at my house and then i had the opportunity to look them over if i wanted to or if she had a really specific question about it editing a lighting scenario she could ask me quick and i'm like literally home with my newborn and just hanging out so you know, you kind of, everybody has their own pace of building up that trust, but I do think it comes down to like your preparedness as a boss. Most of the time, when we have like bad experiences with outsourcing or with hires, it's oftentimes actually our fault. And that's maybe a hot take, but it all depends on how you communicate from the beginning of hiring somebody to how well you're prepared for them, how well you communicate the process throughout, how well you set them up to succeed, the feedback you give, all those things play into a successful trustful experience
0: and if, i'm sure that it also makes you a better business owner like by For having sure. these people because it's forcing you to be more organized it's forcing you to really think through why do we do these things did you ever have any times when you were bringing people on and they were asking you like why do you do it like that like did you ever <laughs> get like live feedback on your processes or how has it improved your business yeah
1: all of the like feedback I've gotten is pretty like nuanced, but definitely, I, I think it just in general, you have like more eyes on your business. It's bound to get better because more people are asking questions and more people are having ideas. And I should say all of my girls are not like full-time with me. They're not hired employees. They're all contractors actually. So it's not like all of them every single day are like looking at my business or something like that. But just even like I was saying, more eyes and more people that care. And I honestly think that's a huge part. I'm super picky when I do hire somebody for my team because I want them to like align with me in vision values, like all these things. But also, I want them to care for my clients. And I want them to actually have the same heart to serve people well that I do. Because then if they do come across something that they're like, this could be done better, then they would like have the humility to like tell me that. and, And I would be able to accept that information. For example, one really small thing that happened like last year. So I send our final questionnaire to all of my associate girls on our team before they photograph a wedding for us. And I didn't used to have the couple's phone numbers on it. I only had the like, maid of honor and best man. And one of my girls was like, basically put in a position where she like really needed to contact the couple. And she was like, we really needed their phone numbers. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was totally on me. And now we like update it to have that. So stuff like that's like very small and
0: whatever. But. Oh, that totally makes sense. And I guess as a follow-up, I'd love to know what are some things you look for? Like, How do you know if someone's going to be a good fit or not for you personally, like working on your team?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on what you're hiring for. So there's two different types of... Okay, so let's just take like an associate photographer, for example. When you're hiring an associate, if you're hiring somebody to be like to cover all your seniors for you, that's a super different hire than somebody who's going to be photographing weddings for you. You can either hire with the mindset that you want someone to be like basically a replica of you. And therefore, in that scenario, you are pretty strict about if I'm like super bubbly in your face, like, you know, loud, whatever the life of the party, I'm going to need somebody to match that because if someone is a bridesmaid at one wedding, and then they hire my business to shoot another wedding, and they want a similar vibe, I want that person to match that. But there's also a great advantage of hiring somebody that's almost an opposite compliment to you where you can then assess kind of inquiries that come in, say you have a discovery call with someone or you meet with them for coffee. And you're like, you know what, I'm super in your face. You are not those type of people. (laughs) So maybe you would jive more with Jan who's on my team or whatever. So it depends on who you're hiring for. But in my coaching program that I bring people through, basically, we go through a long process of figuring out what does it look like to be a really good fit for you? And what are some of the things that are non-negotiable. And we try to talk about things that you wouldn't think about right off the bat. Like, do you want somebody who's like super into social media and gonna be super active throughout the wedding day to like record things? Or do you not mind if somebody like doesn't even know where their phone is and that's okay too. Like those are really different things. And one might be more non-negotiable than the other to you. That would be something that would be worth talking about in your interviewing process. And even just like in the interviewing process, like figuring out that information it's funny because it all seems so nuanced, but it makes such a big difference when they are on your team and like their communication style, their personality, what they care about, their lifestyle like all of it plays into whether they're a good fit or not a great fit for you. And if you just jump the gun on not caring about all those things, it can cause a lot of headaches later, which then just really soils your outsourcing experience. I think people get burned pretty quickly when that happens. And post COVID, I have a theory that everyone thinks that they've tried the associate thing because. Everyone had moments where they like had a COVID exposure or whatever, and they needed a last minute cover and they are calling that an associate experience. And it was like high stress, not well communicated. There wasn't a lot of feedback. There are so many pieces of those kind of scenarios that aren't, they're just setting us up for failure, I would say a little bit in the outsourcing department.
0: Totally. <laughs> and and I honestly think there can be a, even a stigma within the photography industry about associates. And I'll be honest, I myself have not written off associates, but I've assessed at least at this point in my business where I'm at, I'm like, you know, associates isn't really my goal because I get FOMO. Like I really love being a part of the day and that's like literally where I thrive. And so to miss out on someone's day for me, it would just be really tough. That's not to say I would never do an associates, but I just, that's not something I've thought through as something I'd be like passionate about. But man, like the way you're talking about it seems so different. And I think so many people assume that associate means... Totally different thing. So do you want to maybe unpack like some of the stigmas around associates and what your thoughts are and like the do's and don'ts?
1: Yeah, totally. And even what you just said, I used to feel the same way. I'm a pretty like, I want to be where the party is all the time. And I guess I don't know how long you've been doing weddings, but it all depends on your stage of life. And like all these things play into like where you want to be and what sounds the most fun to you. And if I'm being honest, I think I just got to the age where I'm like, it actually maybe sounds more fun to be at home at the lake. than to be at the wedding. Like I'm okay with missing it. So that did happen to me for sure. But I would say stigmas in general, like I had already mentioned, the like hiring off of a Facebook post. And I'm not saying that hiring somebody from a Facebook post is wrong. I'm saying if you hire off that and basically do no other like vetting to make sure that they're a good fit, that is not great. Like you're just really setting yourself up for a tough experience or you're really just gambling is more what it is. Like it could be a great experience, but you're just like, Blindly trusting that they're going to be great. Another one is like hiring just off of what one of your friends in the industry says about somebody. This happens with second shooters a lot, but their standards might not be what your standards are for things. Even just like communication style or things as simple as like how they share about the wedding afterwards or how they share the images or who they tag and all these things can rub us so emotionally the wrong way and we get so emotionally caught up in that process. That we, you know, get offended if they do something differently than what we want and we just assume that they should read our mind and then we're not great at communicating it. The other thing is, is that I think we just in education in general, which we have talked about, a lot of times people will purchase an online course or something and then it's self-paced. But the problem is I feel like almost always growing a team is like kind of back burner (laughs) on the priority list. So I've had a lot of friends that are like, "Oh, I want to do this better, but I like literally just don't have time for it. And so that's why I've been creating what I've been creating the way that I have, because I want to actually like serve people and make the impact now. What are some of the other myths? What would you say are some of the myths?
0: I've talked with other photographers who have felt like in some ways the associates is people will say it's a cheaper experience or it's undercutting mm. other photographers and it's mm-hmm. taking a bigger piece of the pie. Um, yeah. So some people have had, I think, negative experiences. But yeah. I also think that someone's intention is usually like the biggest thing. Like, I would challenge anyone who is thinking about an associate team and also talking about associate teams is just like, well, what is that business owner's intention?
1: For sure. Yeah. So I love that you brought that up because... I have heard of miles of coaching students where I was like, I don't want my client's experience to be completely depleted just because it's somebody that's not me. Or they could never serve clients the way that I do. This goes all the way back to systems because I don't spend that much more time on my associate clients. They're really just getting all the same resources and systems that I have served my clients with forever. I literally have friends, though, that basically serve their associate clients completely differently than they serve their own clients. Because it monetarily does not produce the same amount of money as it does for their clients. And that is exactly what you're talking about. That's kind of the disservice that can happen in the industry. But that doesn't mean that has to be that way for you or for anyone that's listening. It's hard because I think we get so caught up in what the standard is for other people. And it's hard to rewrite a new story of that. As far as intentions go behind having an associate team, a lot of people... Choose to start having a team because they are like, oh, I still want to make money on this date. Like, money would be a great reason to have a team because, hey, we're business owners. We're trying to figure out how to pay the bills and do that more effectively. My biggest part behind an associate team is way more about the currency of time, which we've talked about. And that is a huge thing why I grew my team is because I just honestly wanted some weekends back. And I don't want to miss the season with my kids. And I don't want to be coexisting roommates with my husband. I want to be in. But I also want to serve clients because I care about the relationship and the people that I'm working with and whatever, whatever your motivation is, I think as long as you can still serve people wholeheartedly and give
0: yourself to it well, I think you could look at your reviews and see if that'd be a good,
1: <laughs> I mean, you tell if people are enjoying it or not.
0: No, that's so good. That's so good. And then I guess we talked through a lot of the reasons why people should maybe consider doing associates. That's what this has really turned into. But, like, what would you say would be some reasons for someone to not grow an associate team?
1: Yeah, basically, anyone that is a little bit of the like money hungry, you have to be pretty humble to like pay attention to that. But it all comes back to you. If you're clearly just in it for another dollar over time, Your client experience starts to deplete, people stop referring, it all just comes back to that. As far as personalities go of someone that's leading a team, I think there are some pretty obvious pieces of leaders versus people who don't like to lead. If someone is like, I just really don't like having to tell anybody anything hard or keeping track of a lot of things is like a lot for me. Those are all kind of things that are like, well, that's like a huge part of being the leader of an associate team. So you might not be a good fit for that. However, it doesn't mean that those things are like not able to be learned, if that makes sense. If you can be humble enough to learn and be a good student and to put in the work, to put in processes so that everyone's communicated to. And even things like, I know a lot of people don't love giving negative feedback, but I coach my students on how to do that in like a way that doesn't offend your associate clients. For example, if you just shot a wedding for me and every one of the reception photos is the worst because your flash was weird or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is like the eighth time I've told you this. I always tell people to give a compliment sandwich. So you're like talking about what they do really well, but also delivering some very needed critical feedback and then tell them again, something they did great. And then give them resources to actually improve. So that's just like an example of like you can learn it, even if it's not something you love, but that would be a red flag as if like your personality in general is, I hate the entire role of leading people. <laughs>
0: Totally. And you're like developing others. Like you're helping them become better like business owners, because a lot of them I'm sure do a lot of these people working for you have their own businesses or are they aspiring to do that? Like where are they at usually in their process and like how does this partnership work?
1: Yeah. All of my girls have been on my team for over two years now. So I feel like I'm really unique and lucky because of that. But they all do photograph weddings and sessions on their own. Two of them though pretty exclusively photograph for my team and they just will take extra sessions but they work other jobs that are full-time two of them are full-time photographers themselves actually three of them it's across the board but I think it's interesting because maybe you're listening to this and you're like I don't want to have a team but maybe being an associate would be a good move for me it is really awesome to get to work with somebody else and learn from them and it's free education to learn from your boss essentially and you don't have to deal with all the post and pre-wedding process. You don't have to do all the emailing and communication, whatever. You just get to show up, serve people well, take photos, get a paycheck and go home. It's great.
0: Totally. And I think a lot of people can overlook yeah the human aspect of, wow, well, these are people working together to accomplish a vision, which is serving clients really well. And I think when you feel like that, it can feel a little less overwhelming. Thank you so much for being on today's show, Kiana. Where can our listeners find you to connect with you and learn more?
1: Yes. So my... Coaching page. I have a lot of Instagrams. I'm so sorry, everyone. So my business coaching page where I coach photographers is at Kiana Grant underscore. Our photography team is at Kiana Grant photography underscore. And if you're into house renovations, we share a lot about that (laughs) on our family account, which is at Life with the Andersons.
0: So cool. Yeah. I watched your guys' bathroom renovation and that was (laughs) so cool to watch. So Yeah. If you guys are interested in connecting with Kiana, please go find her. Thank you so much Kiana for being on today's show. I will link everything below in the show notes and everyone else. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or insightful, we would absolutely be honored if you could take a moment to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And lastly, we absolutely love connecting with you all on social media. You can find us using the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.